0: Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I am a female leader in the professional sports industry, and my front office resume includes titles like general manager, vice president of corporate partnerships, and director of sales. Did you know that less than 25% of leadership roles in the sports and entertainment industry are held by women? We've got work to do. Why? Because companies with gender and or culturally diverse executive teams were 21% to 35% more likely to outperform the competition. Simply put, diverse leadership helps your bottom line. The Leadership is Female podcast is here to help. Marian Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here as your host to create visibility by interviewing successful women who work in sports to uncover opportunities and teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the top faster. I believe there's enough room at the table for all of us. Take your seat and join me week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Hey leaders, let me be blunt. Sometimes in order to level up, you've got to get a new job because of this awesome community we have created here for engaged sports professionals and leaders in adjacent industries. Opportunities are floating to this community. Do you want to hear about them? I want to share these new opportunities with you. Recently, I've included listings of available jobs in our newsletter and will continue to do so. If you aren't on that newsletter list, you can add your email at leadershipisfemale.com. And if you are hiring, email me at my personal email, emilyjanson at gmail.com, so that I can share your open role. If we want to continue to add diverse, talented leaders to our businesses, we have to look for new ways to recruit this diverse talent. 80% of our listeners on the Leadership is Female podcast are women. Find your next great hire here. Let's go. This week, we welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Jill Guerin, who's in her third year as Director of Broadcasting and Media Relations Manager at the Visalia Rawhide, A affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks. In addition to being the voice of the Rawhide, Jill also handles public relations, social media, and marketing for the team true minor league baseball professional right there. Jill was born and raised three hours south of Isalia in Hermosa Beach, California. She went to college at Emerson in Boston and majored in broadcast journalism with a minor in sports communication and an emphasis in marketing. While at Emerson, Jill was a four-year starter on the softball team and was the team captain her senior year. During her time in Boston, Jill interned for Lauren Lakes Paternity Court, W H-D-H-TV, USA Softball of Massachusetts, and the Pawtucket Red Sox. Her senior year, Jill was the booth statistician for the Red Sox radio network. Jill worked with broadcasters Joe Castiglione and Tim Neverett during the Red Sox home games. After she graduated in May 2018, Jill broadcast for the Nassau Silver Knights, a summer collegiate baseball team. Just a few months later, she earned a job with the Visalia Rawhide and became the third female broadcaster in minor league baseball history. During her first year with the Rawhide, they broke the 41-year championship drought when they became the 2019 California League champions. In 2021, Jill filled in as a TV analyst for the Reno Aces and became the first woman broadcaster to call a AAA game. Listen in as Jill tells all about working in low A this summer, how she balanced her full plate and took on assignment when asked to broadcast a game at the triple A level. I think you'll be inspired and motivated by Jill's confidence. So let's go. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Jill Guerin, Director of Broadcasting and Media Relations for the Visalia Rawhide. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm so excited to have you today. Um, We were just chatting about the industry and play-by-play and media, and I'm so pumped to get this interview recorded and share with the audience. So if you could just start off, Jill, and tell us who you are and what you do.
1: So my name is Jill Guerin. I'm the Director of Broadcasting and Media Relations Manager for the Visalia Rawhide, the low-A affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks. With that, I'm the voice of the Rawhide on radio. I do All nine innings of play-by-play by by myself. With that I also do media relations, public relations, I help with community relations, social media, sales, and whatever else they have to throw at me.
0: (laughs) Yeah typical minor league baseball gig where you're not only the voice of the team but you're doing all these other duties as assigned and we're certainly going to get into that throughout the interview but I wanted to first start off by asking how did you get into play-by-play?
1: It was something that my mom actually suggested that I go into. I was kind of a tomboy in middle school, knew random facts about sports that quote unquote most girls don't know. And the middle school guys used to make fun of me saying, girls don't know sports. And I went home to my mom and complained. And she said, well, Jill, you don't shut up and you like sports. Why don't you go into sports broadcasting? And 12-year-old Jill took that and ran with it. <laughs> And I grew up a Red Sox fan. I loved listening to Jerry Remy and Don Arcello just banter all the time and have all this fun during a broadcast. I'm thinking that sounds like a cool job to be able to get paid to talk about baseball and playing softball in college. I really grew an appreciation for the sport and what athletes and coaches go through. And that really propelled my love for telling their stories.
0: Yeah, you were an athlete growing up. How much did that play into or fuel your love for sports and want to work in sports? Softball
1: has changed my life. I started playing when I was six years old. It got me through some of the toughest moments in life. Even now when I'm dealing with things, I'll go hit balls in the batting cage, because that's my kind of form of therapy now. So softball is really important to me. And I can only imagine how important baseball is to these professional athletes. And I think that my passion for it really comes out in my broadcast. And when I talk to these players, so they feel more comfortable talking to me.
0: That's awesome. And let's take, take a couple steps back and tell me, how did you land your first job? I'm older than you. And I'm thinking back to like my friends that were in broadcasting in college with me. And at the time they were sending, I'm making myself like super old, but let's remember technology (laughs) went on (laughs) hyperspeed over the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. We're sending VHS tapes. So what, what did you do? How did you share your voice to land your first gig? Mm -hmm. So the first this is my first professional
1: paid gig, but my first gig where it was freelance work and literally free was for the Nashua Silver Knights, a summer collegiate team. And I got that opportunity because of Tim Neverett, who was my boss with the Red Sox in my big internship, my senior year. So I literally took a tape recorder and held it next to my mouth doing a few innings, and I was able to pull together some reels. I had a really good interview with Jackie Bradley Jr., who's now at the Brewers, and I was able to pull that together and send it to a bunch of general managers in minor league baseball, and it just so happened where everything fell perfectly into place with Visalia because they were leaving, their broadcaster Vinny Longo was leaving, and Julian Rifkin, who played baseball at Emerson, I knew him from college. He worked for the Rawhide. He recommended me And I had a family friend who actually had season tickets to the Rawhide and he vouched for my character. So all of that really mended perfectly for me. But in terms of your question with technology, it was really just, you can hold your phone next to your mouth and just start practicing games. You don't have to be at these college games in person. You can practice by watching games online now or on TV and just practice games that way.
0: Yeah. Scrappy and get the job done and build relationships. Exactly. Three keys to getting it done. So tell us about the season this year. Tell us about traveling with the team on the road, bus trips, long days, hotels. Um, give us a little peek into the world of play-by-play in uh, Loe.
1: I have the coolest job in the world. (laughs) I mean, I follow around, not follow, I travel with a professional baseball team and I spend over 120 days with them. And we really do become a little bit like a family where you are around each other way too much. And bus rides are fun. I'm lucky that our league is really close. The longest bus ride we have is like five hours and that's a lot better compared to other leagues. Traveling is a little bit lonely where you're on the road for five nights in a row and it's, you really get to know yourself and you figure out um, kind of what makes you tick and what you need to stay mentally healthy. But in terms of going on the road, that's actually some of my favorite parts of the season because the players get a little bit more relaxed they don't have to be at the stadium as early you see them in the lobby or at breakfast on the bus and you can have just normal conversations with them it's not so much always about the job and that's kind of where you see their personality come in a little bit more and when I really make my friendship connections with them
0: So you mentioned being a little lonely on the road and staying mentally healthy. Um, What are some of the ways or practices that you have to not lose yourself in that long season and uh, long road from one place to the next?
1: Well, I talk to my mom every day. So that always helps ground me. It's either usually in the morning because she goes to bed pretty early. So when I first wake up, we chat and just talk about the game last night, talk about what I've been doing. Um, something that I wanted to do more, but I ended up not being able to because of all the other work that I had to take on is, was working out every day in the hotel. I did it a little bit just to kind of keep a routine because that's something that I crave. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that as much. So my mental health was a little bit on the not so great side this year, but that's something that I found really helped me.
0: Great tips right there. Can you tell us your favorite moment that you've called?
1: There's two. The first one has to be the championship walk-off in 2019 for the Rawhide, where they broke a 41-year drought. And you actually know these guys' names, Geraldo Perdomo and Alec Thomas, who are with the Aces this year. They are both 19 years old, and they were the ones that got it done. Perdomo drew a walk to lead off the inning in the bottom half of the 10th inning, and then Alec Thomas hit a double down the left field line to walk it off. And it broke a 41 year drought and the rawhide have a legitimate following it's not diamondbacks fans it's visalia rawhide fans and these fans have seen heartbreak where they lost it in the championship 10 years um something like that in the last 40 years so they've seen the heartbreak and to see a packed stadium for a playoff game in at the time high a was amazing
0: Definitely gave me goosebumps there. I can only imagine that celebration and the excitement in your voice as you got the chance to narrate that for the fans. How incredible. So you got the chance this year, as how we know each other, um, besides the fact that we share an affiliate, but to, uh, to work in game, a game in Reno. And you were the first woman to call play-by-play in AAA. What was that experience like for you?
1: It was a whirlwind because I took one game off with the Rawhide. So I was in Fresno for a game on Friday and I flew out Saturday morning for the game in Reno. I think the game was at like four o'clock, 4.30. And then I flew out the next morning to go call a one o'clock game in Fresno. So it was absolutely crazy. I don't think I really ever got to sit down and be like, oh, this is my AAA debut. This is crazy until I think it was Hummel hit a home run and the lights were flashing during the home run and I kind of was able to sit back and go whoa we're not in Visalia anymore this is really cool um and then after the game Zach Bay Rudy the voice of the aces he allowed me to come on to the post game interview with some of the players and the manager lolly and that was kind of where I hit my routine again of oh I'm a broadcaster this is my job And then afterwards, Zach took me out for his celebratory drinks. And it was, again, just kind of this thing come over me of, wow, I just had my AAA debut. Wow, I was the first woman to do this. How did I get so lucky and so fortunate to have that opportunity?
0: Yeah, and I like to tell the listeners how you got so lucky and how so fortunate you were to get that opportunity uh, through relationships through your street cred, and through your body of work. Uh, Zach is our play-by-play guy here in Reno, and he had been telling me about you long before I needed to make that call to have you fill in on that date, and uh, when the opportunity came up, there wasn't anybody to really ask except for you, Jill, so it was so much fun to get the chance to give you that opportunity that you earned and um, a lot of fun. The media here picked up the story and interviewed you and, you know, Reno's a really cool place where we celebrate those types of things. And it was just uh, so much fun to be able to do that in May of 2021.
1: It was awesome how early on in the season it was too. It was, it was, I think, perfect timing.
0: Uh, Definitely. Definitely. Minor league baseball can really, flex the other duties as assigned, as we heard in your introduction today, share with us what that looked like for you this year. And I want to hear about the things that you had to do, how you worked on those skill sets to deliver excellence in roles that were definitely outside of your scope from what we've discussed, and how you balance it all. Any tips that you can share? So, I was
1: furloughed uh, during the pandemic. I was still basically kind of being kept on hourly to help with some social media and some public relations. I moved home to LA and when they called me back saying, okay, in March, we're going to have you come back full time. We don't think we're going to open up with fans, but we're going to have you be in charge of social media because we aren't really bringing on anyone else for our marketing team because Quite frankly, it seemed like we weren't going to need it because we didn't think there would be any fans. All of a sudden, I'm in Visalia and I'm hearing we're going to have full capacity in mid June. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm screwed. There's no way I can do a a reputable (laughs) marketing campaign for this season by myself while also broadcasting and getting ready for those games. Because a broadcaster doesn't just show up and talk, we do a lot of prep. We talk to players, we get our game notes ready. At the lower levels, you're the one also doing the stat packs, the game notes, the programs, talking to um, reporters and things like that. So that alone is a full-time job. Add in marketing, that's another full-time job and a half, really, because multiple people are in a marketing department usually. So um, I would not have gotten through this year without my interns, Hannah Wright and Trisha Gatz, they helped me so much. They were here only on game days, but I was able to rely on them so much. Just get the little things done on social media. I think that's my biggest tip is you cannot do everything by yourself. You are not meant to do that. I thought I was, I am not made for that. So use the help when you can. And they were a huge help for me, those little things during the season the bigger campaigns, the bigger graphics that I had to create, which again, I'm not a graphic designer, had to kind of learn that on the fly, figure it out. Those are the things that I took on by myself. And I use the bus rides. The bus rides are really important to me. Three to five hour rides of uninterrupted time that I can just crank out graphics and schedule out social media posts was really important for me.
0: That takes a certain kind of dedication. I mean, you had to have been exhausted on the bus ride because tell us when, when did you ride the bus?
1: Oh, it was, it was in the morning, you know, we left by 7am usually. So all other players, I can hear them snoring in the back and I'm on my computer typing away. Um, and then I go out there, get ready for a game and broadcast until about 9, 10 o'clock. And you have this adrenaline high and you have to eventually come down from it where you're not really falling asleep again until midnight. So it was long days for me. Usually uh, game two or day two of road trip, I slept in a lot because after the bus ride, it was pretty exhausting. <laughs>
0: You guys, we have a new website, leadershipisfemale.com. Please visit us and know that we are here to help get you to the top faster. Are you a career female looking for an edge? Are you looking for answers on how you can level up? Our purpose is to bring interviews with female leaders in sports each week through this podcast, Leadership is Female, so you can uncover opportunities, hear tips to elevate your career, Learn from our mistakes and successes so that you can get to the top faster. We're giving you all the advice we know now that we wish we knew then. We're extending a hand back to lead you forward. Let's go. Visit leadershipisfemale.com, join our newsletter, check out all the episodes of the podcast, and stay tuned for more resources to lead you forward. leadershipisfemale.com. you. Throughout this season of leadership as female, I've talked with several founders of the Pro Sports Assembly. I'm glad to become a founder too and invite you to join us at prosportsassembly.com. We are the association for people who work in professional sports. Our core purpose is the advancement of diverse and inclusive leadership. From finance to innovation, operations and sales to social responsibility, Marketing, human resources, and analytics, the assembly aims to ensure pro sports has a diverse and talented pipeline to lead these efforts and more. Visit prosportsassembly.com to learn more. And you say that women need to be unapologetically confident. Tell us what that means to you and how you build your personal confidence.
1: To me, that was a a term I kind of came up with probably in college or really early on in my career. And I realized that it took a certain type of confidence to be able to walk into the clubhouse full of 40 professional athletes and know that you belong there and know that no matter what they say or people think or say about you behind your back, that you deserve to be there and you should not apologize for that. Um, I saw on Instagram or TikTok that they said, if you're a woman that they say is a lot or an acquired taste, keep taking up space. And that really resonated with me because I've been told, oh, you're a big personality. You can be a lot to handle sometimes. And it's I'm not going to quiet myself. I'm not going to stop taking up space in this world because I deserve it. I've worked really hard to be here. And If you look at my connections with the players, coaches, and other people that I've met with the Rawhide, and before that, they'll vouch for me because I deserve to be here. And I think every woman needs to have an even higher level of confidence than some men because of the ridicule that that we will take. How do you
0: keep that going consistently?
1: A lot of (laughs) self-talk. Because there are times where I'm just sitting in the press box, something bad happened, or Maybe I didn't react a certain way that I wanted to with something or a player, usually an opposing player would say something that made me feel like I didn't belong. I'd have a nice little five minute cry, a nice little pity party, and then kind of pull myself back up and say, nope, you deserve to be here. You have worked through a lot. You've been through a lot in your life to deserve to be here. Um, This is kind of embarrassing and maybe a little bit selfish, but the athletic article that was written about me during the pandemic, actually, is actually earlier this year. Sometimes I read it just to remind myself that I'm a badass.
0: <laughs> I love that, and I, you, what you said there about giving yourself a moment to react, sometimes to that negative talk, like it's so human. And what makes you different is your willingness and your aptitude for the rebound. Right? You can have that moment of, wow, like this really sucks what this person said to me. It really hurt me. And you allow yourself to take it in, acknowledge what what happened, and then flip the script. And that is, that's a really incredible skill. So I wanna acknowledge you for that. And I also want to just, you know, make sure that the audience hears like it's okay to hear those things. You don't have to accept it as truth, but you can accept that it happened and then move forward from it. And if I heard everything you said right, I mean, it's it's positive self-talk. It's rereading the great body of work that you've done. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful tip. And, and knowing your worth and knowing that you don't have to apologize for who you are. And that's what really got you to where you are today. So- Definitely. Sending you a high five, literally (laughs) through the Zoom. Um, I I love that. I love that. And it has been an incredible year for women in baseball. Melanie Newman became part of history on July 21st when she and four others, will say their names. We got to say their names. Sarah Langs, Alana Rizzo, Heidi Watney, and Lauren Gardner became the first all-female broadcast crew for a Major League Baseball game. Melanie, the play-by-play announcer that night, was the first at ESPN. Who are your role models in the industry, and how important is it for you to have women to look up to?
1: So I'm really lucky to call Melanie a friend. Um, She's someone who I've gone to for advice or just had a really bad day and needed a little bit of a pep talk. She's been really amazing throughout the season. In terms of people that I looked up to who were women when I was younger, Beth Mowens is a huge one. She's all over the sports scene now, but I grew up knowing her through the softball broadcasts because, of course, I wanted to play collegiate softball and I'd hear her doing the college softball world series. So she was my big, um, big role model growing up. And Jessica Mendoza ended up being one as well for me, too because again, through softball at first, and then she became the analyst in baseball for um, Sunday Night Baseball.
0: Yeah, it's, it's wonderful to hear. And gosh, it just makes me so happy to know that you have those women to look up to. And I know Melanie is is your friend and you're um, you know blessed to have that personal relationship, but you've also mentioned women that you probably don't know personally, but you can follow along with. Uh, watch their careers, see their successes. And I like to call that mentorship through admiration. And I think you gave a really good example of like, you don't have to work with these people directly or have coffee with them once a week in order for them to lead you forward in your career. Absolutely.
1: I think it's just seeing how they um hold themselves on camera how they react to really difficult situations both in the booth and then of course on social media where Jessica was really ridiculed during some games and being able to see how she was able to rise above that and still have a very successful career at ESPN which she still has um being able to see how people hold themselves then because when I was younger I looked up to them to say wow I want their job now I'm in the minors but I still have kind of a version of their jobs and I'm more so looking to them of how they're holding themselves as a person how they're dealing with these difficult situations and and like you said I I do think that having women just being noticed I think when I was wanting to be a play-by-play broadcaster when I was younger a lot of women more went towards the sideline roles or the hosting roles which are awesome roles they're difficult I've done them they're very hard work but that was kind of the typical role that women went into. And now we're having women like Melanie Newman doing play-by-play. And we there's three other women broadcasters in the minors, too. There's Emma Tiedemann, Emily Messina, and Maura Sheridan. And we're all really close, to being able to have us be recognized for young girls to say, oh, that's an opportunity that I can have as well.
0: Uh, so fantastic, Jill. And now it's time for the final four questions you've given us such great information but i want to ask for you what advice do you have for women who want to have a career in sports broadcasting my advice is pretty simple just do it if i can do it you can do it
1: too i did not have a lot of reps throughout college because i was focused on softball not so much on journalism you can do it take the small opportunities to do a volleyball broadcast like a cornhole broadcast, little things like that, just getting that experience under your belt is so important. And if you keep working hard, eventually someone will give you a chance.
0: Okay. Before the next question, this is supposed to be rapid fire, but I got to dig in just a little bit. So what Jill said there, it's, it's like building, building your career one brick at a time. She didn't say apply, apply, apply for a major league job. She said, one thing at a time, one gig at a time, building your confidence, building your body of work, really, and and just just getting started. Where do you think people should look for those opportunities?
1: I recommend starting at high schools or even junior colleges in the area. Um, I think that would be a huge help for young woman to be able to break in there. If you're in college, go to your radio station and just ask for opportunities. Even in high school, there's opportunities to do that. Go talk to your athletic director or your principal. If you just ask if there are opportunities, there might not be something immediate, but they could create something for you or it could come up later on and they'll contact you.
0: Great tips. Okay. Three (laughs) final now. Okay, where are you planning your next vacation? I'm
1: going to Nashville in a few weeks with my softball team from college.
0: Oh, how fun. Girls trip, love it. Um, What is your walk-up music? It's embarrassing. It's Steal My Girl by One Direction.
1: It's not a pump-up song at all, but it's because my coach said that I was in my head at the plate, so I needed to sing a song, and that was the first song that came to my head, and it worked, so it'd have to be my walk-up song.
0: Love it. And finally, what is your favorite quote? My favorite quote is by Jonah
1: Vark. It's I am not afraid. I was born to do this.
0: Oh, goosebumps, girl. You you got it. I am not afraid. I was born to do this. So, Jill, where can we follow along with you? So, Instagram and Twitter is the same.
1: Jill Guerin, J I L L G E A R I N. Um, DM me if you have any questions, just want to connect anything. I'm an open book, so feel free to DM me.
0: Awesome. Well, Jill, it's been such a pleasure connecting with you in this way. And I'm so excited to share this interview and know that it's going to help so many women. And thank you so much.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me again, Emily.
0: With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, three keys to success. Be scrappy, build relationships and get it done. Number two, You cannot do everything by yourself. Ask for help and get help. Number three, be unapologetically confident. Let's say it again. Be unapologetically confident. Achieving your dreams will take a certain type of confidence. Know that the special brand of you deserves to be there and take up space. Number four, in mentorship and role models, look at how they hold themselves as a person, not just their accomplishments to unlock the keys to success. Hey leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to this show if you have not done so already, because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen so you don't miss out. And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag Leadership is Female on your Instagram stories, to talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month. Some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, anything you are inspired by? If so, take one second and share the link, post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email, so many ways to share leadership is female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership as Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today, because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus and distributed by Anchor FM.